You're listening to Random Fit with hosts Wendy Batts and Ken Miller, winner of a Gold Markham Award for Digital Media. Welcome, everyone, to this week's edition of Random Fit. I am Wendy Batts here with my friend and co-host, Mr. Ken Miller. Ken, how are you? I'm doing great, Wendy. How are you doing? I'm good. Hey, I like your hat. Yeah. Brings out your eyes, you know. Thank you. <laughs> well, today I'm excited about this week's topic. I know this obviously is a topic that uh, basically builds our career and keeps us employed. But this week we're going to talk about the overload principle and getting big results from small changes and what all that entails. So why don't we hop right on in, Ken? Okay, well, <laughs> let's get right to it. Um, I, I, I want to say it's funny because you and I, we talked about doing this, this topic overload principle. Okay. What does it take to make, uh, make changes, whether it's for power, for strength, for stability, for flexibility, uh, running cardio. Um, but as soon as, of course, we talk about it, I think we just put it out there to the universe. I was having a dinner with my, <clears throat> with some family friends and, um, my buddy, Mike, we're talking about hey, you know, he started asking about, okay, is it true if I do this, I'm going to get more, more strength, or I'm going to, I'm going to increase my squat. And, and my, my thought to him was, well, my thought was, it's like, well, yeah, that will work. But why go through that extreme of doing this exercise, again, talking about something he saw on, on social media, sorry, Mike, uh, <laughs> I know a lot of Mike, so you know who I'm talking about. But my point to him was like, you don't have to do this specific exercise or do a, you know, a hundred of these or 50 of those. When, if you're, if you're using 15 pounds, why do 50 pounds if 20 is enough to get the job done as far as being stronger and putting a little bit of, of size. Um, so when it comes to overload principle, it's about making these subtle changes enough to get the body to see that, hey, I need to be stronger. I need to be more powerful. I need to have more endurance to get that job done that you just had me do because that was not fun, right? Mm -hmm. So overload principle is just creating enough of a stimulus to get the body to say, hey, we need a change so we don't get our butt kicked next time we, we have to encounter this stress again. Well, and I think it's important to do different things. And I know we talk about this, it seems like every week, but putting it in, into, you know, into a way of really looking at it as a whole. Number one, if you're doing the exact same weight and the exact same exercise and the same routine that you do each and every day that you go into a gym and you don't see changes, it's because your body has adapted to it. So there's something called the said principle. You know, basically you get what you train for and you need to add, like you said, different stimuluses, you know, change it up. If you're always doing dumbbells, always doing barbells, if you're always doing cables and you still want to do some sort of squat, then instead of using a barbell on your back, what happens if you do, you know, some kind of squat with dumbbells in your hands or let's say do a ball squat even, which people are like, oh, but that's a regressed exercise. If you do a ball squat, you have ideal, you know, parallel lines. So your torso and your shin make those lines and you go up and come fully out of hip extension. And then let's say you hold the last one for 30 seconds at the bottom and you've got weight in your hand. That is not easy, you know, and then if you want to pair that with walking lunges right after. 
So you're, you know, still using the same types of muscles, but you've got one that's more stationary and then challenging into something now that now works those muscles in a different way. It's changing up your routine because then you're going to see different adaptations, meaning a different change in the way that the muscle looks, the, the strength that you're going to gain. And those little things like that, that just small change of maybe pairing, you know, exercises back to back, maybe doing something that you like and something that you don't. That is when you're going to start to really see a significant difference. But, you know, how many times have you walked into the gym, gym um, you know, just an open gym and you see the same people there at the same time doing the same thing, but they have not changed at all in their physique. Right. You see you see it every day. And those, every are, day. those are the people that just want to maintain. Right. That, you know, by by behavior, by action alone, they they want to maintain. Right. So yes, they, but you know what you say that, but when you ask them what their goals are, it's not to maintain. I never hear, oh, I'm trying right. to maintain. I get the, well, I'm trying to get bigger, you know, a bigger chest or bigger arms or hey, right. summer's coming up. And I'm like, dude, you've been doing this for the past year. You know, why don't you think you've seen the change? And I think some of it is educational. You know, they no one's really talked to them about that or challenged them in a different way or showed them a different way. And, you know, that's kind of the beauty of these types of podcasts, because if you are that person and you're guilty, producer Eric, then this is a time to make changes into what it is that that you can do just to better your program, because you're going to feel better, move better. And then you're going to be able to take that to the next level and perform at a higher, higher ability than you. You know, you can lift more. You know, who knew if you right. want to press, go to the go to the bar and load it up. And do 10 really good reps and then change it up completely and then come back and reassess yourself maybe three or four weeks later and see if you're stronger. Most of the time you are. Right. And I, th I think when it comes, I mean, the the idea of progressive overload, basically trying to get strong. I mean, we get pigeonholed into talking about strength and power, right? So you mentioned bench press. For some people, it might be a squat. Some people might be pull-ups. But we don't really talk about um, progressive overload with things like stability, with flexibility or improving range of motion. Uh, we'll, we'll sometimes talk about making improvements when it comes to how far we run or getting our times down when it comes to a 5K or a half marathon. But I just want to put it out there that, you know, when it comes to progressive overload and making these incremental or these these micro changes that it can, it can apply to different things or different aspects of fitness, like flexibility and range of motion. Don't expect to do a foam rolling uh, session and a stretch session and, and think that range of motion and flexibility is going to be, you know, where it needs to be. You need to incrementally and consistently incorporate strategies that will help flexibility and range of motion. It's not always about, okay, I need to get stronger. I want to get bigger. You know, I want my biceps bigger. I want my chest bigger. I want my legs bigger, but it, it applies also to other aspects of, of fitness and conditioning like flexibility. And that takes time. And a lot of people don't realize that even something with, you know, getting more range and that's top of mind right now, because I've got a few clients that are, they're complaining about being stiff, they're immobile, especially when it comes to their low back or their hips. And, you know, getting them to understand, it's like, you need to do this every day and every day consistently, but you also need to kind of change up your routine because you're foam rolling the same four spots, 
you're 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 doing the same flexibility techniques on the same four regions of the body of course you're not going to see improvement of course you're not going to see changes because you're doing the same thing over and over and over again and that as we know wendy is a definition of what's it called uh insanity doing the same thing over and over again and i think, I think you've nailed it yes and yeah. you know I mean, as a, as a personal trainer, as someone that works in the fitness industry, you know, and, and as NASM always says, you know, you, you get what you train for, but every four to six weeks, you need to reassess and you should start to see the gains that you're trying to achieve. And so, you know, it takes the body about that long to add a new stimulus and then to start to adapt to that. So then you want to change it up, you know, and again, like you said, Stability is a huge component of that. You're only as strong as you are stable. And so if you're really trying to like build your chest muscles, but your stabilizers and your rotator cuff and your anterior delt are weak because they're not in really good alignment, it's going to reduce, like you said, your range of motion, which then is also going to reduce the amount of, of load you can lift. And just think you want time under tension, you're going to have to have a bigger and longer range in order to really work that muscle to its full potential. But if you've got the stabilizers, you know, firing, you've got the, the joint in its right place and it's safe. And then you start adding load to it over time. And you're constantly working on the stabilizers. You're working on the flexibility. And now you want to increase the load. It's more than just increasing the load. And I think that's where we kind of get pigeonholed. When we look at a program, we think, like you said, the only way you're going to see gains is if we just keep adding a bunch of weight. Well, that's going to cause repetitive movement and breakdown. And that's when people start to start to feel things in their rotator cuff, because one of the common compensation, rounded shoulders, forward head, being on the computer, doing those types of things are going to keep increasing that bad posture. And if I've got, you know, you guys try this at home or if you're in the car and you're listening to us on your way to work, you know, round your shoulders forward, stick your head out and then tell me, you know, like go back and do a chest press movement. You're not going to be able to, to, to feel it as much or get the most benefit because A, you're in a compromised position versus if you had your chin back, your shoulders in a neutral position, and then you try to do it, it's going to feel better. And it's also way safer on your, on your shoulder, for sure, your rotator cuff, but you're also going to be able to work that muscle through its full range of motion. Yeah. And I, and that's, and that's a change, right? Even <laughs> That's a big change that a lot of people miss is just your posture is everything. So if you did, if you didn't change anything else outside of what you just discussed there, Wendy, that, that is a big change. And then once you've, and this is something that I talk to a lot of, a lot of the younger kids that I work with. So high schoolers and college kids is that once you teach them to hold themselves, just as you described, Wendy, you've made a change. And now mechanically, as you now do your your workout this week next week and the week after that is a different recruitment pattern that in and of itself is telling the muscles hey you need to perform you need to lift this much weight in this new position so that is a re-educational process that the body goes through and it's it's a it's a different stimulus you don't a lot of people don't realize this okay 135 pounds is 135 pounds but 135 pounds under the bar with poor posture is different than 135 pounds on the bar with better posture. And then once you start to train with this updated, uh, I guess, hardware, talking about your body and how your body moves, that's a different recruitment pattern. You're doing, you're using different motor units, more real, more motor units within the muscle when it's, when it's programmed to, to work more efficiently. And then that's where a lot of change is going to happen. So, 
So again, bias, again, this conversation being biased more towards strength gains, um, posture and position when you're executing exercise is going to be the biggest first step that you can make when it comes to improving strength gains. But I guess we can't really negate conditioning too, because if you run with better, if you're running or rowing with better posture and position, you're going to move more efficiently, which means you're going to get faster times, or at least decreasing stress and the and the potential for injury when it comes to moving better versus with poor running mechanics, as an example. Oh, for sure. And, you know, we got to think that there's different stages that the body occurs. I mean, in order for stimulus to happen, we have to stress out the body, but there's a difference between stressing it in the right way, making sure that the right muscle is firing at the right time and the right plane of motion, you know, and there is going to be some fatigue and there is going to be some joint stiffness and, and soreness that happens when you start any kind of regimen. But if you're going into the gym and you're doing the same things, this is when we're going to challenge you now to do something different that still mimics those prime movers. And so, like I said, if you're always doing the bar, maybe go to a piece of machinery like a cable, you know, set yourself up and try to do and mimic that same pattern at a slower tempo, really focusing on the positioning of your head, shoulders, squeezing your stomach, squeezing your glutes, you know, maintaining proper alignment with your feet pointed straight ahead. It really does challenge you because most people, when you're not really engaging the core, which again, the core is about 29 muscles that are going to be activating. And then you're making sure your shoulders are in a good position. So your stabilizers are now activated. And then you're doing, you know, the prime mover for the chest. Think of all those other muscles that you have now incorporated into that one particular exercise in comparison of just laying down on a bench, grabbing, a, you know, a bar and then trying to lift as high as you can. So, you know, there's a chance of arching in the lower back more so than the power lifters. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about general movement of a bar, you know, but you're probably going to be sore in a different way because you're incorporating a different type of exercise, a different change, a different stress to your body, even though it is still mimicking a chest press. And you're listening to us here on Random Fit and both Wendy Batts and I, Ken Miller, we're talking about overload principle, getting big results from small changes. And when, and when it comes to um, small changes, Wendy, again, with your example of the bad, I'm hoping that resonates with a lot of, a lot of people that do work out on Monday night, which is of course, national chest day. Um, but you could, you take that, that, that concept to other, other body parts, other motions, obviously, but it's the little things that do make a difference. And, you know, we're talking about posture being one of the, the bigger ones, but I think Wendy, when it comes to people wanting to be bigger and stronger uh the first inclination is to increase the weight right and you mentioned tempo which is a huge which is a huge thing right once you if i if you were to go two seconds up two seconds down that's a four second repetition but even if i lengthened it by one second or two seconds you take that over 10 repetitions right You've now you're now adding minutes onto the sets that you're performing, and that in and of itself is a change. If you decrease the amount of rest in between the sets that you do, and again, if you're watching the amount of rest period, if you're not watching the amount of rest that you're taking in between sets, do it. Put yourself on a timer. That's one of the things that we did as in in the in the strength conditioning room was we had the timer on the second. You know that that clock hits zero, you're, you're, you're not just sitting down, getting under the bar, 
your hands are on the bar and you're ready to perform that exercise. So if you're doing, if you're, if you're committing to 90 second break or a 60 second, or even in some cases, a 30 second break, depending on what the motivation is for the strength coach. Um, if you're paying attention to it, that is no joke when it comes to the level of fatigue that you're going to experience in the subsequent sets, because you've managed rest versus what you typically see in the health club and gym, right? You finish your set and it's like, I see you, Wendy, across from, Hey, Wendy, how's it going? How was that, oh, yeah. you know, that gathering? And uh, yeah, you have any good chicken recipes that I you want to share with me? And then you, next thing you know, three, four minutes have gone by. It's like, okay, well, I got to get back to this, mm -hmm. this exercise. So watching those acute variables that, you know, we, we talk about every now and then your repetitions, the number of sets, the tempo, the rest periods, and you mentioned already mo the modality being, you know, being considered a, a, an acute variable. You change any one of those aspects towards what your desired goal is. So if, if I'm looking for size and strength, I might increase the, the amount of weight that I'm using, or I can manage the amount of sets, add another set. Um, but looking at the little things, kind of dissecting and scouting out your own personal workouts and saying, okay, well, what can I change now that's going to give me the bigger bang for my buck when it comes to my workout that I haven't changed already? So a lot mm -hmm. of people, they, they will change the weight. They'll go to a bigger dumbbell. They'll put on a bigger plate. But have we looked at the smaller things like, okay, well, am I paying attention to my rest? Am I paying attention to my speed or my tempo? And pick on those things first because, again, the littlest things can give you some big results if you do it over time. And that's usually what, you know, that's where I challenge most of my clients. I'm like, you know what? You can do what you want to do, but let's just slow it down. Let's slow it down, but you know what? It's going to be the quality of your movement. If you start to compensate, so I see an arch or I see this happening, then I'm going to shut you down. So let's see where you are based on what you like to do. And then usually that's the selling point because, you know, I often say, you know, or people will come to me and say, I only have 30 minutes. This may not be a client, but somebody that's asking for advice, I don't think I can get this done. So then they choose not to come. When in all reality, when I have a client come in, I may spend 10 or 15 minutes doing you know, some type of flexibility, some manual work or whatever it is I want to do. And then I spend another five minutes afterwards. So 20 minutes of their workout is like pretty much preparing their body for what we're going to do. And five minutes of making sure that they're actually getting their stretches that they should do, because I know they're not going to do it on their own. So, I mean, I've got 30 or 40 minutes of the actual workout. And by the time they're done with that, they're done. Because again, I'm limiting how much rest they get in between. I'm challenging their bodies. We're following the tempo. We're doing things slow. And then, I mean, they're quite clients for life because I don't need to sit there for 60 or 70 or 90 minutes, you know, just going from one exercise to another, same routine, same thing, when I can get it done in a shorter amount of time, challenging them in different ways. And the next day, they know that they've been there to see me. So they're not getting off easy. I'm not making it right. easy, but I'm just being smart in their program. And so, you know, again, if you don't have a trainer, that's fine. If you're really just being that fitness enthusiast and you really want to make a difference for yourself, change up what you're doing. Like Ken said, make those small changes, slow things down, really focus on squeezing your stomach and your, and your glutes at the same time, just to decrease some of the pressure on your lower back and then execute different types of exercises that you, and if you hate doing, and I hate that word, <laughs> But if you really do not and you dislike an exercise, you probably dislike it because it's hard. 
So I challenge you. So some of those exercises that you really don't like, maybe put those back in one or two, not the whole day, because then you're going to be just miserable at the gym, but maybe incorporate like, for example, I am not a push-up fan. Push-ups are the easiest. You can do them anywhere, but I would rather do a chest press on a cable or a chest press some other way or changing up different ways of doing planks because I'm still working different muscles that are utilizing my, my, um, my pecs. You know, I like doing chest presses on the ball, but I just don't like doing push-ups. However, once or twice a month, I incorporate them in my program. I try to do them at a four, two, one tempo. So therefore it's not that I, that I can't do it. I just don't like them. And so I don't like them because they're hard and because I slow it down and make it more challenging. So, you know, but I'm doing them now with my son because it's something that he wants to learn to do and he has to do it in practice. And I don't want him being the one with the stink bug. So his tush is up in the air. I need him to look good because I have a reputation to uphold. <laughs> He, he is a reflection of you, Wendy. I know. Uh, as, I, as I'm finding out with, with my kids that they do, you know, between baseball, volleyball, basketball, it is one of those things that, yeah, what, they're going to have to do push-ups. They're going to have to run. And I can't help but think, okay, you better show up and you better show up strong because I can't have you guys going out on the court or the field not being able to do 10 of any of those things. So, so definitely well, you got to lead by example. I, I, I will tell you this. Um, so my, my son was like, check this out. He took his shirt off and he can make his shoulder blades dance and he can literally bring them back where they come out almost like so far away from his back. And it's yeah. absolutely frightening. And I mean, I took a video of it because I'm like, I cannot even believe this is possible unless you're, right. you know, on Circus Soleil or you're doing things and you're some contortionist or whatever. He is not. And I'm like, how are you my child and can do that? So I asked, you know, my husband is something wrong with him because I've never seen this. And he's like, no, he's six. He's growing into, you know, like things are, things are starting to come together, but because of the changes, I've never had a kid before. This is all new to me. So I, apparently that that's normal to so, say, you know, that is normal. It looks uh, weird, but <laughs> just, just keep your shirt on, man. Just keep it. Yeah, don't ever like, do that in front of me again. We got to work that serratus, dude. We can't have any wingers. We cannot yes, have exactly. winging. Oh, you know, you know how much, control it takes for me to not say stuff like that to my kids and yeah, push up all the way through a push up plus man how hard is a push up plus just finish the push yeah like, i'm oh, a little more you know okay. that's okay buddy let's try that again but you know do this my husband's like dude seriously come all the way up you know we're totally different in the way that we talked <laughs> during exercise for sure <laughs> um so <laughs> So let, let's uh, let me let me change gears here for a second, Wendy, because in, in talking about exercises, um, the what we've talked about is kind of geared towards somebody who's experienced and is working out and looking to make changes. But this, as far as the overload principle, definitely has its applications towards that new exerciser, right? So if there's one thing that I think a lot of people are intimidated. Um, by when it comes to working out in the gym or actually incorporating exercise into their lifestyle programs that they, they think they have to do a lot more than what's, what's needed to make that change, whether it's to get stronger, uh, improve their conditioning, improve their posture, Im improve their situation when it comes to, let's say, low back issues, things like that. You, it doesn't have to be that you know 30 minute program that you read about in the magazine. So making changes, especially for a newcomer to exercises, 
I think one of the one of the keys to success to incorporating exercise into your lifestyle, if it's not in a part of your regular routine now, is to start off easy. Because I think one of the things that um, stops a lot of people is that they went too far too fast with their workout routine, making any kind of modification or change a little bit harder because they've already, they've already progressed. They've over, I don't want to say overstepped their bounds, but they did a lot already to the body and to make changes can be a little bit harder versus if you start off easy, you have, you have a lot of space to move through when it comes to making those incremental changes, you know, later on in, in your, in your workout, in your workout experience. Well, and I think that is a really, really important part because, you know, again, following the NASM methodology, you know, we start in stabilization. It's very controlled, very, you know, more body weight, more, more balanced types work to make sure all the, the muscles are properly aligned. This, you know, the stabilizers that support the joint, the, the prime movers that move that joint in a certain way, we're making sure basically all cylinders are a go. So when we do start to incorporate different types of weight and utilizing different pieces of equipment, um, you know, our body is prepared for that because remember, you're only as strong as you are stable and you're only as powerful as you are strong. So then before you get to power and it doesn't have to be like, a, you know, Olympic lifting. When I'm saying power, it can be, you know, moving at a faster rate than your body's normally accustomed to. And can the one the hardest thing that I hear is I haven't worked out in 10 or 15 years. I'm getting myself back into the gym. I'm super, super sore. And, and then I asked them, well, what did you do? And it was exactly what you said. Well, 15 years ago when I was working out, you know, with my strength coach, I was doing this for deadlifts and this for Olympic lifts and this for my hang and this for my, my bench. And they try to like mimic what they were doing 15 years ago, not being back into the gym, not incorporating any kind of proper stretching. And that's when their body really was breaking down and they just started their routine back up, but they didn't start in the right way. And so to your point, we see gyms, you know, like in January, everybody's got the goal. Let's work out. Let's make a change. By March, it's like ghost town. Maybe, you know, come April, May, it might get a little busy again because it's almost bathing suit season. And then after that, it drops off. Well, a lot of it isn't necessarily because of time. It's because they didn't know what they were doing. They felt insecure. Their program wasn't targeted. So then they ended up becoming sore or getting injured. And unfortunately, that's that's what we're seeing more of. So if we can make that difference today on Random Fit with myself, Wendy Bats and Ken Miller talking about the overload principle, getting those big results from just the smaller changes, you will live that fitness journey. You'll be able to go back each and every day. You're going to be able to do different body parts, but you're also going to see really big gains long term. If you just start small, you know, really think about be methodical and why you're in the gym. I always say, well, what are we working on today? Meaning someone that's not my client. Well, I don't know. You know, I guess today's arm day. Well, I guess isn't a good, good approach. Have a plan. What is your plan? What are you trying to achieve? And what are you going to do to take those steps to achieve it? And I think if you do that and then you're smart in your programming and you can avoid exhaustion, you know, like doing the same thing, repetitive movements, getting that, that, that breakdown of those tissues because they're not ready. And then just hitting it hard each and every day because you immediately want to see benefits that is not that is not a plan that you should <laughs> you should continue yeah. to follow yeah you, you can't you can't make up for lost time you you are where you are and i think um that starting off easy like in january you know you get that person that hasn't been in the gym for for 10 
nine months, you know, one set of 12 slow controlled four movements that, you know, I think that's, that's a good start. And then you have a lot, you have a lot of room, a lot of wiggle room to make changes moving forward. So one week it's one set of 12, another week it's two sets of 12, another week it's two sets of 10, but with higher weight and then the, and then just progress from there. But your body does reach a threshold, and once you're you're kind of figuring out, it's like, well, I'm I'm kind of tapping onto that threshold more and more often. Then, I think that's where you want to get professional advice, and you know, have another set of eyeballs on you to tell you, it's like, hey, you know what? I'm watching you work out, and your form is good, but you've been doing the same thing, you know, for the last three months, so. You know, I think with with making those changes, you just have to do a lot of, you know, do a little bit of self-scouting and and, and see, OK, well, where, where are my blind spots and figuring mm-hmm. out, OK, well, OK, this is the low hanging fruit. This is what's going to give me the bigger change if I just make a little incremental change in that aspect of how I do things. And, you know, you're, you're going to keep the results coming around. So I think with with all that information, Wendy, when it comes to overload principle, you don't need a whole lot to, to make the body change. It's just little things. You just got to find the right little things to do. Mm-hmm. And just remember every four to six weeks, re reevaluate where you are and change up your program. You know, if you're doing things very slow and you're doing anywhere from 12 to 20 repetitions and you're doing two to three sets, okay, maybe now you're going to do two or three sets. You're going to increase the load. You're going to, you know, maybe do, you know, pairings of different exercises together. So some of the stuff you were used to doing, maybe still slow and then adding like one very like strength based exercise, like the chest press or the shoulder presses or, you know, the things that you would typically see in with machines at the gym and then transition into, you know, what is it that you want to do? If you want to build sides, then you're probably ready to add more load and doing some of the typical exercises that you're, you're normally used to doing or that you've done when you were when you were younger, you know. Um, And then at that point, you know, change it up to do things heavy and then do things with speed that mimic the same body parts, pair them up again, but then go back down and re, you know, reevaluate yourself. Can you still do some of those slower movements, you know, kind of what we call undulate your program, do some that are slow and controlled, some that require a little more strength, some that move, you know, you're adding speed and, and weight and then change it up when you know that your body can handle that and that your movement quality does not get, you know, that you're not sacrificing the quality just to do something that you read in a magazine that looked cool to do that day. Um, have the plan. I think that's also the the big key too. Well, you know, Wendy, I, I don't usually say this during our podcast, but for those of you listening to us, I suggest that you rewind, <laughs> go back to the... <laughs> Listen to this all over because there's a lot, a lot of information to unpack here. But I think a lot of beneficial uh, information, especially if you're stuck in your routine. Again, our point here is, doesn't you know you don't have to turn your workout all the way upside down to to see that change. But uh, I think if you understood what both Wendy and I just said, yeah, you basically understand the uh, National Academy of Sports Medicine Certified Personal Trainer textbook uh, when it comes to program design. So, um, but if, if this is something that helps you out, um, please like, follow, subscribe, download this, share it with friends, especially those friends of yours that are constantly saying, Hey, bro, what do I got to do to get a chest like yours? And it's like, well, this is what I do. Uh, 
to tell them, hey, you gotta you gotta look at your own routine, look at what you're doing, make a little bit of change. Little changes can go far away. So, Wendy, thanks again for your time and and your input. I always love listening to you. So, all of you listeners, again, thank you for listening to Random Fit. Do all those things I just said: like, follow, subscribe, download, share. Let us know what you want to hear about in the future and we'll do the best we can to get that topic on random fit so until next time take care and be well